0: Um, yeah, so if it wasn't awkward enough for me to preach, I get to be affirmed on stage, and (laughs) it's really rough. But, uh, yeah, my name's Scott. I've been a member here for a while now, and uh, this is different. This is, uh, I'm not used to being up here, as my wife said, and you guys aren't used to me being up here either, so, um, I just thought the best thing we could do is just pray. Let's pray again, Please. (laughs) Let's ask for help. We'll get through this together. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for your sacrifice, for this church. Thank you that each of us are here. Lord, I pray that you would help me um, now, that you give me peace. I pray that um, you would speak through me, that you would somehow use these words uh, to grow um, just our love for you, our faith in you. I pray that you just help us this morning and say your name, amen. So today, we are going to continue our time in Romans, um, in our mini-series in Romans 12, which we're calling Relate, and it's how the gospel changes how we relate. And before we do that, let's take a quick look at where we've been so far in Romans. We recap every week so everybody knows what's going on, and essentially in the first 11 chapters um, of Romans, Paul is just laying out the gospel. He's laying out how we're sinful, how we're broken, Um, And how we need Jesus. And even when we were his enemy, he went to the cross and he died for us. And we put our faith in him, we're justified by his works, and we're adopted into his family. And as we believe this, we're compelled to just worship and just adore Jesus. And we begin to be transformed more and more to look like him. And then we get to Romans 12. And we look at what it looks like to live out the truth of the gospel as a church. And in verses 1 and 2 that Andy and uh, Adam covered, we look at what it's like to just grow in devotion to Jesus. And that brings us to today. And I'm going to rock back and forth because that's what I do when I talk. (laughs) And we're going to look at what it's like or how we relate to ourselves in response to this gospel. The focus today is really knowing ourselves and exploring the spiritual gifts that God has given each of us. You might be wondering, what is a spiritual gift? I had no idea. The first time I heard somebody preach on spiritual gifts, I had no idea what it was. I was questioning myself. So let's look at a definition it's by Bible scholar Michael Eaton, and this is how he describes it. It's a little long, so stay with me. What is a spiritual gift? It is any aspect of one's temperament, any aspects of one's position, any ability given by God experienced in an unusual measure, through which we are generally used by the Holy Spirit for the benefit of his people. No gift is possessed by all people. Not everyone is a preacher, a public tongue speaker, a Sunday school teacher. It's got a little flow in there. <laughs> there is no complete list of gifts. Some gifts are not specially mentioned in the New Testament. Think of singing, worship leading, hospitality, personal evangelism, writing letters, even writing books. Usually, there, there, Actually, there are many gifts, as there are Christians. Because we have gifts that differ, gifts must be used. The fellowship is defective if you are not using your gifts. Some kind of strong words there, defective. It's, it's intense. But what I want to highlight from that long description is... Three things, and one is spiritual gifts are from God. There's nothing that we do, they are straight from God. There are a ton of them, and we can sit here, and I can list them out, and we'd be here all day. And these gifts must be used, and they must be used for the benefit of others and the church. Now, I've already said it's strange for me to be up here. It's even weirder to be up here for me speaking about spiritual gifts. I don't have a ton of experience with spiritual gifts. Personally, I've always viewed somebody with like spiritual gifts or a known spiritual gift as that mature Christian. Yeah, they're just further along than me, you know? I've been a Christian for 10 years now. I still feel kind of like a baby. And most of you know my story. Ashley and I were one of the first, I guess, couple of people um, that were saved through this church plant. So we've been here pretty much from the beginning. And during that time, just as we were saved, we're trying to figure out what it looks like to live our lives as disciples of Jesus. How do we do that? Getting a better understanding of the gospel. Andy thought it would be great to just invite us to everything. We went to <laughs> church planning retreats. We went to conferences. We went to leadership trainings. I went to South Africa, I visited Grant's Church. We went to, I went to Greece with people that have been following Jesus for years, that have planted, like, a ton of churches. And it was amazing. For the most part, it was, I grew a lot during that time. It was great to see. But there were times where I felt really uncomfortable. And it was really overwhelming for me. Specifically, one time we went to one of the Genesis uh, conferences. And driving back home after... And at that conference there were like amazing teachers. People were so passionate, like the worship leading was insane. Like the way people were singing, the gathering, it was just great. Everybody's using their giftings. I heard people speak in tongues. I heard people prophesying over it. It was really my first like experience with the charismatic church. And I'm talking to Ash on the way home from that. And honestly, I just started crying. I'm looking at all these people in that room and their giftings and how they were using them and their passion. And I thought, man, if that's what it looks like to be a Christian, I don't know if I am. I don't know if the Spirit's in me. And thankfully, I was able to work through that. And Jesus met me in a number of different ways. But about a month ago, well, I'll say he met, us, he met me in a number of different ways. I still really had no clue what my spiritual gifts were. Maybe an, a rough idea, but not, I didn't have a clue, let's be honest. Fast forward to about a month ago, I'm meeting with uh, a spiritual director and talking through things, and he asked the question, so what do you feel your spiritual gifts are? I froze. I said, I don't know not sure. He followed up. He goes, well, what do you feel your strengths are? What do you enjoy? And I proceeded to just kind of process things out loud. It sounded absolutely ridiculous, probably something like this. I said, well, I really enjoyed being a high school basketball coach. Maybe I'm uh, a teacher. Uh, no, 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 I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Uh, definitely not from the pulpit. Um, <laughs> My wife and I, we've been told we have the gift of hospitality. We've welcomed a couple people in our home. Uh, I, one, one person said I could have a shepherding gift. I can serve. I just rambled on and on. I had no clue. I was kind of hoping he would just stop me. Ten years of being a Christian, I had no idea what my spiritual gifts were. Thankfully, he followed up with another question. And to give a little context here, we had talked about me, um, one of like, the greatest, like, funnest times, the funnest like, little job I had was coaching high school basketball, and we had talked about it a few times at this point. And he goes, it sounds like you really enjoyed coaching. What did you enjoy about it? I said, I was com- I'm confident in coaching. I know the game. I can relate to the players. I had fun with them, but I could also kind of be stern with them and get things done, And I go on and on talking about my love for coaching and how I enjoyed that time in my life. And he looks back at me through this amazing Zoom screen. (laughs) And he said, I'm pretty confident you have the gift of leadership. Because you enjoy coaching. It seems like you were really successful. The players responded to you. And you didn't have problems taking charge when needed. And he goes, also, I know that you run a business. And you have an entrepreneurial spirit those characteristics point to a gift of leadership. And I felt so seen and known by God in that moment. Like I had a better understanding of what his call was on my life. Um, I definitely didn't have all the answers there. I still don't. Um, but I can begin to kind of view myself and look at myself through that lens of being a leader and start to pray about how God, um, play for like opportunities that God would use me in that and ways that I could benefit the church and others. Now, some of you may know your giftings. Others might be more like me and have no clue. What we're going to learn today is that God has graciously given each of us a spiritual gift as believers. Some gifts are more mature than others. Some of you are just discovering them. But what we know is that God wants to begin to use these gifts. He wants us to begin to step into these roles. And just because we have this gift doesn't mean we can use it however we want. It needs to be used in a way to build up the church into maturity. And that's what we're going to look at today. And the focus and the concept today is using spiritual gifts requires perspective, purpose, and practice. You might be thinking... Well, it sounds something like Andy would say. Yeah, he helped me with these. <laughs> Using spiritual gifts requires perspective, purpose, and practice. So let's dive into our text today. It's going to be Romans twelve three through 8. Try this one-handed Bible thing. Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all parts do do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ individually members of one another according to the grace given to us we have different gifts if prophecy use it in accord use it according to the proportions of one's faith if service use it in service if teaching in teaching if exhorting in exhortation giving with generosity leading with diligence Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Now before we jump into the points, I think it's important to call out that this message is for all of us. I think I could put myself in your shoes, at least as an early Christian. I could kind of check out spiritual gifts, maybe not for me. Um, But Paul says... In verse 3, I tell everyone among you. He's talking to everybody in the church. This is a message for all of us, so I think it's easy for us to possibly check out. Stay with me. This is, it's for all of us. So let's dive into that first point, perspective. And what I mean by perspective is an accurate perspective or understanding of how God has gifted us in different areas. Let's look at how Paul impacts this again in verse 3. He says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, there are two things that Paul's talking about here. Kind of the first thing is not really explicit, um, but I think it's implied for us as Christians. And that's how we view ourselves as Christians. What I mean by that is, as Christians, we should really have a humble posture. As Christians, we've realized our sin, our brokenness, and put our faith in Jesus. And we've been saved by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We did nothing to earn that. We should be the most humble people on this planet. How could we possibly think too highly of ourselves? Jesus has done everything. The second principle here, it's a little bit more explicit, and that's, con- and that's connected to our understanding of spiritual gifts. Not to have too high or too low a view of our giftings, but have an accurate view of the way God has, God's, the abilities God has given us and blessed us with. And many of you know this, but I've been a sports geek my whole life. And one group of people that are notorious for having an inaccurate view of themselves, mostly too high a view of themselves, are professional athletes. Obviously, they're professional athletes. They're amazing. I'm not taking that away from them. But there's very few of them out there that believe they're getting the respect or money that they deserve. And they're usually the last people to know that their age is catching up with them. Looking at this a little bit different, kind of taking that, how we look at ourselves as too highly than others. And I'm gonna stay sports, I'm sorry, that's what I know, that's what I'm gonna use an analogy of. Think of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Two of the most amazing basketball players, most competitive basketball players there are. Early in their career, they were both criticized for taking on too much and trying to do too much. They weren't getting the team involved. They weren't making their teammates better. And they didn't win championships. They didn't have a lot of team success. They had individual success, a ton of it, but they didn't have team success. It wasn't until they realized how to make the people around them better and work as a team, that's when they started winning championships. And they both won multiple championships, as we know. Jordan won six, Kobe won five. And in the same way, the church is a team sport. It's not an individual one. It's not about one person, one gifting, no matter how strong that gift is. Another way we can view ourselves too highly is we, it's more on a personal level, is we can think that our giftings are better than the others around us. We can even go as far as putting our giftings above Jesus and putting our identity above in our giftings, and not in Jesus. And what this looks like is people using their giftings, really pointing, themselves, pointing people to themselves, and not glorifying and pointing people to Jesus. So that's thinking too highly of ourselves. Now, if we're going to have an accurate view of ourselves, we can't think too high or too low a view of ourselves and our giftings. And I think as a church, in general, very general, I don't think we have a problem viewing ourselves too highly as far as our giftings. I do think we tend to lean or having a low view of our giftings. This is where I'd categorize myself. And what this might look like is simply like being in your GC or your DNA and not sharing because you don't think anybody wants to hear from you. This could be not stepping into a leadership role because you feel you're inadequate This could be not sharing the gospel with somebody because you feel like God can't use you in that way. Let me remind you that all throughout the Bible, God uses sinful, broken, inadequate people to do his work. We are no different. Another way we can view ourselves too low is denying the gifts that God has clearly given us. Now, many of you know Brad from Restored LA, it is obvious he has an insane teaching gift. It would be like him saying, nah, I don't have have the gift of teaching. Or Ruth saying that she doesn't have the gift of leading worship. Or Nicole saying that she doesn't have a shepherding gift. Or Royce saying that he doesn't have the gift of generosity. That's insane. By denying these gifts they wouldn't be stepping into these roles to help lead and grow our church. What if they didn't step into these roles? What would our church look like? Kind of on the flip side, though, what would our church like if we all functioned in the gifts God has given us? So using our spiritual gifts requires the proper perspective. Also requires the second point here, and that's understanding the purpose of spiritual gifts. Let's jump back into uh, verse 4 real quick. And Paul says, Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The purpose of these gifts is to strengthen the body. And when Paul's referring to the body here, he's referring to the church. These gifts are for others. They're not for us to just keep to ourselves. Paul says God views us as many parts to this one body. God has created us uniquely to be a part of this body that we call the church. And each part of the body is extremely important. If one part of the body isn't functioning properly, it throws everything off. I'll let you guys in on this. Uh, About a month ago, I uh, contracted COVID, and I'm good now, um, thankfully. But one of the symptoms I experienced was a loss of smell. And you might think that loss of smell, your nose, it's definitely not a heart, it's definitely not the brain, but that loss of smell contributed to a loss of taste. That loss of taste contributed to a loss of appetite. That loss of appetite contributed to me like losing weight, feeling weak, having no strength. Like it's all connected. Everything in our body is very important. It's no different with the church. God has gifted you. He's gifted you in unique ways to help strengthen the church. Let's look at some of these unique giftings. And as we learned from our quote earlier, By Michael Eaton, there are many spiritual gifts. He even says as many spiritual gifts as there are Christians. We're not going to review all those or define all those, but let's look at the ones Paul lists in verses 6 through 8, and we're going to define these and think about these. Maybe some of these connect with you and how you're created, how God has created you. Prophecy. It's a fruitful ability to hear and discern God's voice and communicate that message to others. Service. It's a fruitful ability to sacrificially meet the large and small needs of others. Teaching. A fruitful ability to explain the gospel and the Bible to people in clarifying ways. Exhortation, it's a fruitful ability to encourage others to enjoy and obey Jesus more fully. Giving, it's a fruitful ability to give cheerfully and sacrificially above and beyond obligation. Leadership, it's a fruitful ability to influence others For the sake of God's kingdom. And mercy, you guessed it, it's a fruitful ability. (laughs) To love others by feeling deeply for them in their pain and joy. Some of you might be thinking, hey, I know my gifting, I'm good. But you might be questioning, how do I use it exactly? What are some ways to discern that? The answer to that is informed practice which is our third point practice the best way to grow in your giftings is to practice them get feedback from others see how they experienced it obviously before we can practice those gifts we need to know what they are so I'm going to ask a few questions listen to this absorb it these will hopefully help you discern how God has possibly gifted you Are you burdened with something? Where do you see needs in our church and our community? Maybe you have a heart for new people and you want them to be just warmly welcomed in our community. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality. Pray about it. Maybe join the hospitality team. Practice that gifting. Maybe invite somebody new over for a meal. Another question to ask yourself, what do you enjoy? If you remember, this is what that spiritual director asked me. What do you enjoy? If you're the type of person that hears or gets that text that, hey, I'm moving, I need some help, and you show up early, smile on your face, ready to go, you might have the gift of service. Do you truly, be, truly like being organized and helping others get organized? You might have the gift of administration. Another question to ask yourself, where do you see fruit in your life? Are you the type of person that people know you're a Christian, you know you follow Jesus, and they still want to kick it with you? Are they receptive when you share Jesus and the gospel with them? You might be an evangelist. When you pray, or even just daydream while you're driving to work or something, do you hear from God? Does he give you pictures, words, verses, things that you could not have come up possibly on your own. If that's the case, maybe you have the gift of prophecy. The last question to ask yourself, have brothers and sisters in Christ affirmed a spiritual gift in you? Has someone encouraged you or said that or called it out? Now, years and years ago, Andy actually told me I had the gift of leadership. <laughs> I denied it. Even while I was leading a GC, I questioned it, kind of ignored it. And when I told him that my spiritual director <laughs> told me I have the gift of leadership, he was like, dude, I told you. <laughs> he did. So ask people what they think that you're best at. Ask people how they experience God through you. Lastly, it's kind of weird. I'm at the end. I feel like I blacked out. Um, Lastly, and something to keep in mind that we didn't fully cover in this sermon so we can't cover it all, is that God is extremely gracious and he can give us multiple spiritual gifts. There's a number of you in here that have multiple spiritual gifts. God can also give you any spiritual gift at any time if he wants to. He can use you in that way. If there's a need for that gifting, he can use you. So I'm going to call Ruth and Carlo back up. And as I said, I know many of you have identified your gifts, you know your gifts, and you're already walking in them. You're growing in them. You're maturing in them. You have increased obedience in them. But I want all of us to just imagine something right now. You can close your eyes if you want, if it helps you focus. You can stare at the ground, look up at the sky, whatever works for you. But I want us to imagine what our church would look like if we were all functioning in our spiritual gifts. All of us with different giftings, using them to build up the church and love others well. Think about how amazing that would be. What an attractive community we would look like to people outside the church. about how we would welcome people into our community if multiple people were functioning in their hospitality gifting or how loved we would feel if someone shared a prophetic word with us or how comforted we would feel if someone functioning in their gift of mercy came alongside us in our pain or if we had a need, multiple people with the gift of service jumped in to meet it Now I want you to think about your spiritual gifts, what they are. If you're unsure, ask God to reveal and confirm them. If you think you have an idea of what they may be, ask God to provide opportunities for you to practice them. Our gifts are not about us. The pressure's off. There's no messing up when we practice walking in the gifts with the goal of glorifying Jesus and strengthening His church. Let's allow God to do a work in and through us. Let's worship Him.